Gwyneth Paltrow, if uh, if you want to sponsor us with your goop, goop products, we will do whatever you want with crystals. Arbon. Arbon. <laughs> if you want to jump on, sponsor us. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, yo, dibbity-doo, this is Gary Lou. Welcome to part two of Suburban Assassins. Ooh. I'm also Nick. And I'm Dante. Today, we are going to be running through how the game upped in intensity. I'm super excited because most of what happened throughout the whole game, that's going to be covered in this episode, including the standoff, which was quite the event. To kind of guide us through this episode. We made ourselves a a bit of a timeline. So throughout the episode, we're going to be kind of reading off that to try and keep on track. We may jump a bit all over the place, to be honest, but we'll try and make it flow as best as we can. All right. So we're going to to jump right into it because basically from the point after I died, which is the last thing that happened uh, in the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, to bring you up to speed, uh, Nick was killed. Yes, Gary killed me in my own car. (laughs) The disrespect. After I died, I think this is when we started sitting out in front of each other's houses like old-timey cops. Let me tell you, stakeouts are not fun. They are super boring. What I found interesting about stakeouts is the unexciting things that you get really excited about you know because you're sitting outside someone's work someone's house so when you just see the head go past a window that's like the most exciting (laughs) part of the night you go oh my god that's them that's the person i'm trying to kill oh my days (laughs) it's pretty accurate actually and you know what else i don't know about you guys i got really into the snacks you know, I would go to uh, my local grocery store before a stakeout and I would just load up on snacks. For me, it was Macca's. I'll be honest, I didn't have that much time. I was pretty busy. Okay, well, so it was in this period of time where we were mostly just kind of staking each other out, trying to learn as much as possible, that the showdown came about. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to Dante's perspective to start. Well... I decided that the first target for who I was going to kill was going to be Nick. But one particular night, I crept in Nick's house, went through his garden, uh, peered through the window, and I couldn't see anything. And I was thinking, ah, he must be out somewhere. Dante's observation was correct. I was on the town having a roaring time. And before I got home, I thought, you know what? There is assassins after me. I may as well just drive around the block, make sure I can't uh, find any pesky assassins before I get home. Sure enough, parked a few streets away from my house is Dante's car with no one in it. Do you feel like Nick's very lucky? Nick got lucky several times. Yeah, I feel feel like like Nick got lucky as well. He got lucky multiple times. That's why they call me Lucky Nick. I mean... The problem with my car during this period of time as well was like I was driving this old Ford Laser and someone had already tried to break into the car. It was such a good car. It's such a good car. Someone tried to steal it. (laughs) So on the driver's side where you're supposed to put the key in, 
it was missing. There was no like keyhole. So if you just pressed your <laughs> finger into the hole, you could like unlock the door. So I was at much greater risk of being killed in my car than either Nick or Gary. I knew this. So I broke into his car. Car? Car. Car. How do you spell that? Anyway, I broke into his car and uh, climbed into the uh, boot and I waited for him. What weapons did you have, Nikos? Um, I had a, like a lobster knife, like the ones you use to like eat lobster with. Yeah. It was, it was nice. It was from like the crab shack. So anyway, I think this is it. I think I've got him. Like he's waiting outside my house trying to, trying to mess me up, trying to whack with my jive, but uh, I got him. It's true. But I wasn't trying to whack with your jive too much that night. I thought, oh, I'll let Nick's jive slide tonight. In his hive. That's right. <laughs> I'll go whack elsewhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as I sat in the car and I turned on the radio. Yeah, Can my, I do sound effects? Yeah, yeah, boys. So start again, start again, start that a little bit. I, You know, I turn on the radio. Yeah. Oh, this is... Kermit the Frog. <laughs> You're listening to Muppet Radio. I I don't know who my co-host is. <laughs> what is we get so off track. We get so off track. So anyway, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling good about myself, but I'm also feeling a little defeated that Nick hasn't been at the house. And then I think to myself, okay, you know, time times go kill Gary, but uh, I hear a noise in the back of my car. <laughs> I whip out my knife and I spin around like a samurai. At the same moment, I dive from the back of the car to the front of the car with my lobster knife thing. And I... Wait, sorry, just back up. You don't have a sound for lobster knife? (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) And so I get my knife at the ready and put it up to Nick's neck. And I'm like, oh, Nick, please don't kill me. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I dive over to the front of the car. I'm just disruptive. I'm not helping this story. I'm just disruptive. (laughs) Carry on. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. So I dive from the back of the car to the front of the car, lobster knife in hand, ready to... Bloody murder, Dante. Dante swivels like a falcon. Like an owl. Like an owl. Like an owl. And The uh, owl falcon swivel. Hoot, hoot. Next thing I know, I have a knife directly in Dante's neck. Dante has a knife directly in my neck. So we are at this standstill and we are just fucking yelling at each other. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. Fucking give up. Hoot, hoot, you're dead, motherfucker. (laughs) This is probably the closest we come the whole game to actually killing one another. And uh, after like, maybe, I don't know, enough time, we, we kind of settled down a little bit. We had to sort of talk it out. Up to that point, we hadn't covered a rule for um, what happens if you and another person are sort of, you know, in a situation like that where you could potentially fight for your life. So that's when we decided we had to kind of come up with a rule that covered a showdown situation like that. I think we decided it was yeah, it was a no kill, and we both had to wait the uh, the grace period before we could kill again. 
It was about this time as well that uh, I watched a certain movie. Some of you might know it by The Lovely Bones. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's about uh, like a, a pedophile murderer. Oh, what the fuck, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, he had some pretty good ideas, you know, uh, for, for how to murder people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the movie, this guy had his own little, uh, you know, scribbling book where he does all his, uh, you know, drawings and doodles about how to kill people. Oh, I bet he did some doodles. <laughs> I bet he did. Surely we can't can't add this in. Oh, sure we can. Sure we can. This is our podcast. Surely we can't add this in. (laughs) He of little faith. Anyway, it was about this time that I thought I need my own Lovely Bones murder scribbling book. I had to put some doodles of my own to paper. So, uh, yeah, I made this little book where I just drew up all these elaborate plans for uh, how to murder people. And... I'm a creative guy when I put my mind to it. I uh, this is where I cooked up my uh, my plan to kill Gary. Uh, if you missed this in the first episode as well, at that time me, Gary, and Dante all worked together in my uh, parents' family paddle boat business. Aquafun, shut up. Anyway, there was a day that uh, Dante, Deep Bizzle, and I were working, but Gary wasn't, and I look up in the bushes, and Gary is just. Sitting in the bushes watching us. Did you try and make an attempt that day? Um, I don't know if it was the same day on Dante when he was um going towards the toilet. My aim was probably just to get him with his pants down. That way he can't um <laughs> yeah, fight back. <laughs> so back. I did catch Gary one time when I was at work. I don't think it was the same day. I think it was a different day. But um, yeah, I was going to the toilet, and uh, as I was like walking out of the toilet. I bumped into Gary as he was getting ready to come in. I had to also make sure no one saw me going into the bathroom as well. <laughs> so I kind of had to like stake out the place and also no one's obviously watching the man's toilet. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to make sure I was the only person in there and everything. And I think that took a little bit more time than um, I anticipated. You never know. Nick might have been watching the men's toilet. He did have his lovely bones book. (laughs) It was for murder. I swear it was just to kill people. Nothing sus. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right, mate. All right, mate. Get out of here. (laughs) Gary isn't the only one that uh, tried to kill one of you guys at work. There was a day that uh, Gary was working. Dante wasn't. I wasn't. And I was like, this is my time to kill Gary. I got open my uh, murder book. And I sketched out a plan. I was going to get a paddle boat to uh, float away at work. And I was going to hide underneath it in a wetsuit with a knife. When Gary paddled out in a kayak to rescue the boat that had floated away. That was when I was going to strike. I was going to jump out from the water. And uh, I was going to kill him in the water, in a kayak. It was super elaborate. It was going to be amazing. How did? How are you planning on getting this paddle boat to just float away from work without being seen? Well, what, what were you thinking? So, so, I figured everyone around us at this point knew about the game. Everyone loved hearing about it. Everyone was very involved in the fact that this game was going on. Yeah. But uh, if we were really trying to kill each other, no one would actually know. Uh-huh. So I went to a guy that worked with us named Jeff. Ah, the old man in the water bottle. I'm following you. <laughs> Pick it up what you throw it down. Carry on. What? 
I gave Jeff $10 and I said, all I want you to do is uh, push this boat out so it floats away, make it happen. Yeah, but I don't think he would not sell you out. For ten dollars, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, ten dollars was a lot of money back then. It's such a weak bribe, you know. His ten dollars to look, get I wasn't going to give him a thousand dollars, you know. <laughs> so anyway, he pushes the boat out. I swim out to it. I swim and hide underneath the paddle boat. Sure enough, Gary comes out in his kayak to uh, tow the boat back. He starts tying the kayak onto the paddle boat, and I go, "Now's my chance." I go underwater, and I can't see shit. I can't see anything. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have like a weight belt. Did you so have obviously, goggles? Did you have? I had goggles. Okay. But uh, like I still couldn't see shit, and I couldn't stay underwater for very long because I didn't have like any scuba gear or anything. I didn't have a weight belt. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna hope that this is where Gary is. So I pop out of the water, like lunge out of the water, and I'm like. Five meters away from him. Damn. Which is like a, a, a fair way away. So I, I go back under the water. I swim in the direction that I know your kayak is. I pop out of the water. And I'm right in front of you facing the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, because I heard like a, uh, a few splashes. And I looked down and there's Nick's head. And I'm just going, oh, hey, Nick. What are you doing here? He was so casual. <laughs> I fucking emerged... From the ocean. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's a pretty normal day for me. Yeah. <laughs> At that point in time, it probably wasn't too out of the ordinary. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, uh, yeah, Nick, like, pop it up in the middle of the lake yeah. while I'm out in the middle of nowhere, no one around. Seems about reasonable. Yeah. You were kind of expecting it. You're like, you, you can expect anyone at any point, and it's just. Yes, oh, that makes sense. Well, yeah. Thought I was alone. Yeah. Thought I was just having a cheeky wank in my bedroom alone, but you've <laughs> been here the whole time. <laughs> I understand why you didn't try and kill me. Right. How uncomfortable for everybody. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, I'm just going to continue. You can either stay and watch or. <laughs> I. Oh, man, I really thought I had him, though. Like, we I were feel in like the, even we're in the if... middle of the lake. Right. But I feel like even if you um, popped up at the right spot, I. Personally, I don't think that kill should have um, counted. I mean, it would have yeah. been it would have been hard. I think in those circumstances to prove you pulled it off completely clean because he would have been out of work in the middle of the day. Right, people and would have started asking questions. Where's Gary? Where's that pedal boat going? You would have had to like jump pretty high up to stab me in the head or something. You know what would have been smart if I took the weight belt. And then I like tied it to you after I killed you. So then so you, you just sink. sunk to the bottom. Man. That's clever. Right? Yeah, very clever. Didn't think of it then. Yeah. Lots I thought of it now. Lake. It's a dark <laughs> lake. Well, it's a pretty small lake. Right. Those are, those sort of like police divers. They're pretty good these days. I feel like he would have gotten, a, like, he would, he would have, have got away. He would have gotten though. away. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> I would have been away from work. And I feel like Jeff would have sold you out for ten dollars. I mean, I reckon we all started to get like a lot more elaborate at that point right. in time in general, like with how we were trying to kill kill one another. Right. So it was more like uh, we're trying to do more clever kills instead of just um, winging it. Clever girl. Well, because I feel like as well after Nick died, we kind of went a bit willy nilly with trying to kill each right. other for a little while, and then we realized, wait a second, this is not going to work. We should probably. Get more creative. Well, that's what I was saying. How um, we're trying to kill each other. I think episode one, when we were saying uh, the cool off time from once you've attempted to kill someone, um, it should be longer than 
12, 12 hours, hours, I think. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, um, everyone was going around willy-nilly. Yeah. Well, as we were getting way more creative with how we were trying to kill each other, I hatched what I thought was a genius plan to kill Nick. <laughs> so, Nick had actually just got a new girlfriend. Olivia was her name. I remember getting real clever one day at work and going, you know what? I am going to switch my phone number in Nick's phone with Olivia's number and hope that tonight I will text him before Olivia texts him so that he doesn't get some weird text message from Dante being like, miss you boo, hope you're having a lovely night. You know, Because <laughs> he'd be like, why the fuck is Dante texting me this? So I text him pretending to be Liv. You know, your undoing was, uh, you got too braggy. You know, you were too confident. So I was pretty certain of the fact that I was going to be able to pull off killing Nick. So I said to Nick, I back myself in being able to kill you so much so that when I when I do it, I'm going to turn up to your house rocking a cowboy hat. I'm going to be dressed like a cowboy and you'll never see me coming. I mean, at that point, we were talking a lot of, lot of smack on the daily. So I'm just thinking, yeah, this is just more smack. All right, come at me. Wear a big old cowboy hat. And uh, I go home and I'm chilling at home. You know, this was pre-Netflix, so... I don't know. I guess I was Porn probably... Pornhub. <laughs> Browsers. Red tube. Red tube, maybe. You I porn? Mean, YouTube. That was it. That was what I was on. Um, anyway, I was at home alone um, in, in my room. And uh, I get a text from uh, my girlfriend at the time, Olivia. Hey, Nick, you want to meet me at uh, the shopping center? That's the exact sound the text would have made as well. Yeah, exactly. That's how I read the text in that I've voice. I've never even met Olivia. She's trash. You don't need to meet don't her. Don't worry about her. She's long gone. <laughs> She's dead to us now. But uh, yeah, so I get the the text saying that we're going to meet up. And I'm, I'm very confused because I'm thinking, isn't she supposed to be in Hathead? So I uh, message back, aren't you supposed to be in Hat? And so, of course, after talking all that shit about how I was going to be rocking my cowboy hat, I, I turned up at Nick's house, ready to kill him, not in my cowboy hat. And I got this message from him saying, aren't you supposed to be in hat right now? Like, that's all the message read. Aren't you supposed to be in hat? So I'm thinking, how, how did Nick work this out? How does he know? Like, he's onto me. He's obviously onto me. She luck. She fucking luck. So I was like, well, the the jig's up. Props to you, Nick. So I went in to Nick's house and uh, opened the door. And there was Nick on uh, Barazza's. And I said, yo, how did you know? Yeah, well, from my perspective, you just opened my door, completely surprised me. And you're like, how did you know? And I'm like... How did I know what? Was your parents <laughs> at home at that time? My parents were home, so, ah, so he couldn't, couldn't have killed me. But he did definitely ah. surprise me by just bursting into my door and being like, You! Yeah, I mean, it's just another classic example of Nick getting really lucky, I guess. And things not really going my way. And, you know, my shit talk came back to get me in the end. 
<sighs> if only Olivia hadn't gone away on holiday. If only she hadn't gone to Hathead. Right, because I'm thinking, well, you know. Yeah, how much luck does he have? So much luck. And the thing was as well, he didn't write, aren't you supposed to be in Hathead, which is the name of the place. He just wrote, aren't you supposed to be in Hat right now? So much luck was on Nick's side. Sort of the next attempt that we made after a while. My primary target was still Nick, but I figured it was worth doing sort of some, you know, recon on Gary as well. Because Gary was working in a Chinese restaurant, his parents' Chinese restaurant at the time. I was actually pretty hard to kill because um, I was always around people. I would go on deliveries, but I, I used to be super careful about um, anyone following me. Um, so one night I turned up at the restaurant and I scaled the building and I really did have to scale the wall around the <laughs> side of the building got around to the back of the restaurant and I remember like walking along this brick wall but as I'm like catwalking along the brick wall Gary's mom came out the back from the restaurant and uh, at that point she noticed me and freaked out and like hurried back into the restaurant so I like dropped on the wall and was like oh shit oh shit but I don't think my mom knew that we were playing this game yeah, I, I don't think, think I didn't, you, you I didn't hadn't tell told them. her, but <laughs> I... You should tell your family about this game. Oh, by the way, mum, if someone's breaking into my, our house, it's just uh, it's just my friends. Well, mum didn't, didn't mention it to me. Well, she so like, went know. back inside after she spotted me. And then I thought, oh, like shit, I need to go in the restaurant and clarify. I don't know if that event made you paranoid, but it was about that point that Gary started traveling everywhere with his little sister. Yeah. Like from that point for the rest of the game, Gary never traveled alone. What a power move. What a power <laughs> move. Absolute power move. Going back to um stalking me at chopsticks, I remember Dante showing up, um I was on my way home. And then like you were probably about twenty meters behind me, something like that. Yeah. Um and then I turned around and then I was like, Oh, I was with my sister. You couldn't have killed I me. I couldn't have killed you. Yeah, but it was more like, uh, careful what you're doing. I don't know about you, but I'm just going like, yeah, like, I kind of like the idea of you knowing that I was there. Yeah. You know, there was, something, there was something nice about, you know, putting that paranoia yeah. into, <laughs> into you guys. I agree with that. I think one of the most fun parts of the game was just trying to, you know, strike fear sh- into the other person's heart. In the yeah. yeah, for sure. And for it doesn't sure. help your game. It's just weirdly It's satisfying. just a weird flex, you know what I yeah. mean? It's just like the disrespect, you know That's what I mean? That's it, like there was good, it's a perfect example, you're just yeah. like, yeah. I did feel uh, disrespected when Dante came over to Chopsticks and just go, oh, hey, here you go, here you go. And I was just like, bro, I'm with my family. What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> you Don't know? kill you're me like, in front of, in front <laughs> of my it. family. Oh, like, family, how oh, dare you? you come to me on the day of my daughter's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. I dare you come to me in my workplace. <laughs> That's how I felt. So, I, like, straight after that, I don't know if you remembered, I drove straight over to your house and then um, I hid in front of the front door. Yeah, yeah. And that was you it. were with, like, your whole fam. And I was go, oh, hey, don't. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> scared the living crap out of them. That's it. But, like, you were, you, you just I was, expected. I was, I was expecting it. Yeah. Like, you stepped out of the shadows and I was like, well, I've been expecting this. And yeah. they were terrified. They're like, ah. <laughs> They're like yeah. there he is. The biscuit man. The, the biscuit, biscuit man. Here. But, um, yeah. Um, 
I know, I know this is not on topic, but um, there was this one time we were hanging out and I saw like the, uh, the manhole mm-hmm. for your house and I was just going to sneak up there for like a few hours. But I mean, I would have had to have a ladder and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It would have yeah. been tricky. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. The thing is too though, like we were typically hanging out in the day. You would have had to somehow get a ladder in the house, climb up into the attic manhole and like pull wait it up, up there. Yeah. That's it. Pull it up, wait up there for an hour. <laughs> then if it's still daytime and there's people in the house, like good luck, Gary, yeah, coming there, out there, of there. There was a few times when I'm just going, All right, I could do this. But then you always walk me out to the door and I'm just going, this motherfucker. <laughs> he knows. I, need to, I need to see you out. Yeah, you know, I need yeah, to yeah, see you, you out of the house. You honestly time. did. You'd never just be like, all right, you can see yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like, know they'll do that. Yeah, because yeah, there, there was a few times where um, I had the time to just hide up in your, in right. your manhole for an hour. But yeah, you always saw me out at those times and I'm just going, he knows. He's, he knows I'm onto something. This is where we found out it's so hard to kill someone who's expecting to be murdered. That's so true. It's like, so it, hard. It's, it's so much harder to be an assassin when the people you're trying to assassinate are also trying to assassinate you and know you're coming for them. The paranoia was just. I think like it would have been quite. It would have been quite easy if, um, let's say, I got a contract to kill someone. Um, and they weren't kind of expecting it. I reckon it would way easier. Yeah, for way sure. Easier. I'd do it in a day. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you did do it in a day. You know, <laughs> was you, expecting you could say that. <laughs> so this is when I decided to start getting smart about it. So I decided to focus my efforts on Dante because Dante was alone a lot more than Gary was alone. I actually went around to Dante's house a few times. It wasn't just that that one time that you saw me. Uh, but all your doors were always locked. I checked like the garage and stuff Everything. like that. Yeah. 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 I tried to break into Dante's house and uh, his dog, Tori, actually went off its nut at me. So I was like, ah! And I like ran back in my car and drove home really quick because I was scared. The fortress. The fortress. The, the guard dogs. He has dog. guard, guard dogs. dogs. So I was like, I got to be clever about this. I figured I couldn't just go for a Hail Mary. This had to be planned ahead of time i started trying to hang out with dante as much as possible at his house and i'm going over to dante's house and i was bringing dog treats every time and i'll be like oh dante where's your dog and he'd be like oh upstairs why i'm like i just want to say hi i just like your dog so much it was super weird. <laughs> Nick all of a sudden got this super weird vested interest in the dog. Like, oh, this is bid sus. <laughs> what's, what's he up to? He spent $10 on the paddle boats. Now he's yeah, spending he money, money on, on dog, dog treats. treats. Yeah. He's losing money. <laughs> I was, what an I idiot. was losing money. <laughs> so I would give it treats. I would pat it. And I would just like stick my like arms and hands in its face. And I'd be like, smell this. Remember me. I would like grab your dog's face and like point it at mine and be like, remember me. Dogs, they go, what the fuck is this guy doing? What's he want from me? And every single time I went, I was like checking doors and windows and everything. And then one time I was taking a poop in his bathroom and I was like, what about this tiny, tiny little window? So, you know, after I finished up, I, uh, you know, I didn't flush yet because I didn't want you to think I was done. Mm-hmm. But I tried getting out of the window from the inside to see if I could fit. Yeah. And I did. And I was like, I'm going to wait for a stormy night and hope 
He doesn't lock it again. So the thing is though, I did lock it again, but because I was sharing that bathroom with my brother, he did unlock it frequently to like just let air into the bathroom. Bad life decision. Well, uh, I waited for a nice windy night. That way you might not hear me. It was, it was. I waited till the lights turned off in his room outside his house. I climbed over the fence into his backyard. The dog went to go crazy. It ran up to me and then it recognized me. And I started giving it treats. And then I picked the dog up. <laughs> I took it back over the fence. You son of a bitch. You kidnapped my dog. And and I what a weird fetish. You know, it's just these <laughs> lovely bones. It was, it was... So I kidnapped this dog and I, uh, I took it to my car where I had the window cracked. Uh, I had a, a dog bowl set up with food and water. I made a bed in there and I, I locked this dog in my car. <laughs> which I'm probably going to cop a lot of shit for, but you know. I cracked a window. Yeah. It was fine. The dog was alright. The dog was fine. Uh, so anyway, I went back to the house. I checked like the garage door. I checked his bedroom door, the kitchen door. I checked every window and I was like, son of a bitch. The bathroom window. And I'm going to point out as well, this bathroom window is so high up. It's halfway up a staircase. It's halfway up a goddamn staircase. Out the back of the house. And it's such a tight squeeze. Like, I don't think I could fit through it now. So I'd heard a car pull up, but I just dismissed it as a neighbor or something like that. And also, I just think I was pretty certain in my head that I had locked everything up, but I didn't. I feel like Nick is the worst player, but he just has the best luck. He maxed out his luck stats. Yeah, his luck stats were definitely higher than everybody else's. I knew this had so much potential to be so noisy, so it honestly took me about 40 minutes to get through this window silently. Such a commitment. So anyway, um, I opened his door. I was worried my heartbeat was going to give me away. I was so afraid. I think Gary talked about this in the first episode. So thrilling. It was such a thrill because I knew how close I was. I was in his room. I had my bloody um, lobster knife in my hand. I get next to his bed. I dive up on the bed. I jump on him while he's asleep. I just go, you're dead, motherfucker. You're fucking dead. I just start swearing. Like, He's asleep. I could just say... Got you. I'm not but gonna instead, lie. I just like yelling at him. I'm not him. gonna lie. Like I wasn't asleep, asleep. Like I had definitely stirred enough. So when Nick did wake me up, my first reaction was like, "Well played." Now get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so I, angry. I was furious because I was like, even though Nick had done all the hard yards of what he needed to do, if the window was just locked, then he wouldn't have pulled it off. And that's really why I was so angry at the time because I'm like, well. I'm just mad that I made this error. It was a good kill, though. It was I, a great kill. I will kill. admit. Like, Thank you. It was I, a great uh, kill. It was great. I will yeah. accept your praise. You know, it, it was. It was very well done. I mean, we need to think about the time frame on this game. It was about two months into the game at this point. We had been playing for about two months. Gary, what were you doing while all this was going down? Oh, mostly just working, to be honest. You, didn't, you weren't thinking about the fact that you could be murdered uh, at was, any second? I feel like I was playing real defensively when yeah. um, you guys were staking out and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I realized it was super hard because I only just have one target and that's Dante. 
But I have to also keep an eye out for Dante and Nick. I got to say, Nick, do you think because you got killed so early on, you didn't have to worry about Gary coming to kill you for a second time? So in a lot of ways, you probably got to be more relaxed. Yeah, relaxed and like I was bold. Not, I was not <laughs> relaxed, I'll tell you that much. It's it definitely was- not relaxing, even though one person's out to get you. But it's actually so much harder when you're only trying to kill one person. Any spare time I had, it was de- dedicated to this. Oh, for sure. All the spare time you have, you just right. spend stalking people. Right. I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have hobbies outside of trying to kill you guys. <laughs> but it's funny because I look back on it as probably one of the best periods of my entire life. Which oh, is such so, a fun time. Yeah, like I look back on it so fondly. All right, you boys about ready to wrap her up? Yeah, mate, wrap her up. Yeah, wrap her up, son. Uh, this next episode, we're going to be talking a lot about how kind of the game just started kind of going from a really fun thing that was a great part of our lives to just kind of ruining our lives. Because like we said, at this point, we had been playing for about two months. Our lives had been paranoia and like constant stakeouts. And it started to have a bit of a toll. Yeah, and that's all coming out in the next episode. Alright, well, yo, yo, dibby do this is Nick out. Yeah, I'm stealing that. Peace. Yuck. Thanks for listening to the Suburban Assassins podcast. We'll be back soon enough. But in the meantime, if you're still keen for another feeling of killing, hit us up on Instagram at the Suburban Assassins or shoot us an email at suburbanassassins at gmail.com.